Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Metabolism and Menopause podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I am your host and CEO of Vitality OET. We are a women's health, nutrition, and fitness company that focuses predominantly on women's hormones, particularly as they start going through perimenopause and onwards. We know that so many things happen during this time in your life, and you start feeling all these crazy symptoms like brain fog, irritability, night sweats, hot flashes, low libido, hair starts thinning, and of course, sudden weight gain around your belly that seems to have come out of absolutely nowhere, despite you not changing anything. So you go back to your tried and true methods of cutting calories, cutting carbs, doing a ton of cardio and exercise, yet this time it seems really hard and you're not getting anywhere despite putting in a ton of effort, which of course is going to leave you feeling super frustrated and desperate. So our mission here at Vitality is to help you understand that now your body is inherently different than what it was like before you went through these hormonal changes. So we want to teach you about your body so that you can finally reach those health and fitness goals, live a life full of vitality, feel at home in your body again, and live and live at a point where you really understand how to take care of this new body of yours so that you're not constantly feeling like you're fighting it. So today I wanted to talk about the importance of muscle and metabolism and how that really contributes to you being able to burn a lot of calories at rest and make fat loss that much easier. But before we really go into that, you really need to understand the whole calories in, calories out. I'm not going to go too in depth in this because we are going to go into far more detail in a podcast down the road. But I want to explain that it's not just calories out isn't just exercise and calories in isn't just how much food you're consuming. It's far more complicated than that. And hormones play a huge role in that. Um, So let's talk about the calories out equation first. So only 10% of your calories out in a day is going to contribute due to exercise. 10 to 15% of your calories out in a day is due to the thermic effect of food or something we call TEF. Um, 10 to 50% of your exercise or your calories out is due to non-exercise activity or something that we call NEAT. And this can be walking. If you have a very physically active job, like you're a postal service worker, you're doing manual labor, those kinds of things that contributes to NEAT because it's non-exercise activity, but you're still quite active. So if you have a sedentary job, this could be 10%. If you have a more active job, this could be up to 50%. And then 40 to 60%, which is the majority of our calories out in a day, is due to something called our basal metabolic rate, or BMR is what you typically see as. So most people think that there's far more calories burned in a day than with exercise than what actually is contributing to it. As we just saw, your non-exercise activity can be 10 to 50%, and your BMR, which is the biggest contributing factor to your calories out, is 40 to 60%. So this is why exercise only accounts for like 10%, 20% if you exercise a lot, but usually it's 10% of your calories out in a day, which is why just because you exercise doesn't mean that you're going to see the results that you want um, and you can't out-exercise a bad diet. So what I mean by this is if you're constantly like paying attention to how many calories you're burning in activity, how many calories you're burning in a day, first of all, those trackers are like wildly inaccurate. Some of them can be off by up to 90%, which is insane because it doesn't take into account your past dieting history, which slows down your metabolism, thyroid function, um, which also like if your thyroid is low, 
you're going to burn a lot less calories at rest because that's kind of your thermostat. It determines how many calories you burn at rest. So the lower your thyroid function, the less calories your body is going to burn. So basically your body just sucks at burning calories. It's like you're a hybrid car instead of a diesel truck. We want you to be a diesel truck, very good at burning fuel, very good at burning calories. We don't want to be a fuel efficient hybrid car because it makes like losing fat so much more challenging because your body sucks at burning calories. So we need to make your body really good at burning calories. But if you're focusing on exercise to try and increase your calories burned, we're not addressing the issue, which is your body sucks at burning calories. So if you have all those things going on, those um, exercise trackers that kind of um, tell you how many calories you burn a day are really, really inaccurate because it doesn't know all those things. It's just going off of some random equation from generalized population. So it's not that great. Um, so that's really important to be aware of. So if you're exercising to burn calories, that's not the most efficient way to exercise because you're only focusing on that 10% calories out. We should be focusing on the big things, which is your NEAT, which is 10 to 50%, that non-exercise activity, and your BMR, your metabolic rate, which is 40 to 60% of your calories out. That's where we should be focusing our efforts. So if you're focusing on your cardio to try and burn more calories, Again, you're only focusing on that 10%. We should focus on the things that are going to result in more calories out. So that's one part. So again, we want to be exercising in a way that helps increase our BMR, our basal metabolic rate, how many calories our body burns at rest. That is the focus of exercise, not how many calories burned. This is why excessive cardio and high-intensity interval training, especially if you're in a high state of stress where you're exhausted all the time, you're having energy crashes, your digestion is poor, your bloating isn't good, you're not eating enough, you're cutting your carbs, you're not sleeping well, it's going to make things worse for you in the long run. So let's talk briefly about thermic effect of food. That's how many calories you burn during the digestive process, higher fiber, is a lot more, costs a lot more energy to try and digest. It's harder to digest on our bodies. So high fiber food is great. Protein accounts for 20 to 35% of the calories that you consume gets burned in the digestive process because it is harder to break down. So if you have a hundred calories in protein, you are going to be burning 20 to 35 calories during that process because protein is hard to digest. For carbs and fat, you only burn five to 15%. So if you have a hundred calories in fat or a hundred calories in carbs, you're only, you're only burning five to 15 calories from that hundred calories you consumed. So protein has a higher thermic effect of food, which is why it's also quite important and very important for muscle mass, which is the whole point of this podcast. Um, so that is something to take into account and be aware of. So let's talk about that BMR the 60% of calories that you burn in a day that where that comes from. Um, so again, this is the calories that you were, you would be burning if you were just laying down, if you were just sleeping, it's the energy your body needs in order to provide enough blood flow to your body to keep your lungs functioning. So you're breathing to keep your digestion going, to keep your heart pumping, to keep your brain functioning. That's your, just your base. So when people are like, Oh, I need to eat below my BMR. no, because then you're eating less than the energy that your body requires to allow your body to function properly. If you were just laying down, that doesn't count stress and walking and moving and exercise and all the things that you do in a day. This is just if you were laying there comatose. That's not good. We don't want that. So 
it can be really dangerous if you're dipping your calories too low because then you find that your organs aren't functioning properly. That's why you get your brain fog and your irritability because you're not getting enough nutrients to your body for it to function the way it needs to. So then your body starts packing on pounds because it's trying to like go into survival mode because it knows that you're not getting enough and it needs stores. So this is why eating enough food is very, very important. So how do we help increase the calories burned at rest? How does this work? This is like the million dollar question that everybody wants to know, because if I can increase that BMR, make my body better at burning calories just at rest, that's amazing. That's going to make it a lot easier to lose fat because the calories out of the equation goes up. So it's a lot easier to lose weight. So how do we do this? So first of all, hormone function is going to be huge. We want to make sure that your thyroid function is working well, because as I mentioned, your thyroid is that thermostat. It's what allows, it tells your body how many calories to burn at rest. So it's like, am I leaning more the dial towards a diesel truck or am I leaning the dial more towards a hybrid car? How good is your body at burning calories? So thyroid function is very important to make sure that we're always taken care of. And unfortunately, as we're going through perimenopause and menopause, and just because we're women, our risk increases substantially for developing hypothyroidism, which is a slowing down of your thyroid function. So I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty details of that. We did a podcast on that. I think it's like episode two or three. It's at the very beginning of our podcast. Go back and listen to that one for thyroid function. It will help you understand so much of how to eat to improve your thyroid function, what kind of foods you should be having, how much to eat, um, stressors, how you should exercise, all those things based on thyroid function. So I'm not going to touch on that because there's so many things that I could talk about and this podcast would be forever long. So next thing that you need to focus on is, again, how do we make our body better at burning calories? The next thing is muscle mass. Muscle mass is crucial for making sure that we are burning a lot of calories at rest. So how do we do this? Because I'm sure a lot of you have realized I'm busting my butt in the gym. I'm working out really hard. I'm doing all these things and I'm not seeing changes. I'm not losing fat. I don't feel like I'm putting on muscle and I'm really struggling. So as we go through perimenopause and menopause, what happens? Our estrogen levels start to decrease And estrogen plays a huge role in our ability to build and maintain muscle mass. So what we need is this signal to tell our body, hey, we need more muscle. So we need to send it the right stimulus. And the right stimulus is resistance training, not cardio. Because what happens to our brain when we do a ton of cardio, or if we're only doing cardio, this doesn't mean you can't do cardio. It means you have to make sure you're doing adequate resistance training and prioritizing that. If you want to prioritize cardio, that's fine, but just know it's going to probably take you longer to get to your goals. Um, so sidebar there. So with the signal that your body gets from doing cardio, your body's like, Oh, this is very energy consuming. We need to get better at being more efficient at not burning calories because we need to preserve it because we're doing this activity quite often. So your body wants to turn more into that hybrid car. So the way that it does this is by slowly decreasing your muscle mass because muscle burns a lot of energy at rest, which is why having more muscle results in a higher BMR, higher higher metabolism. So your body burns more calories at rest. Just laying there, if you have more muscle, you are burning more calories than you do if you have less muscle. So this is why maintaining and building muscle mass is so important. And it's so crucial for you to have a more successful fat loss phase because the more muscle you have, 
the better chance you do you have at losing weight because you have a higher metabolism. You don't have to drop your calories as low. Um, but the big thing here is, is we need to make sure that we are sending that signal to our brain that we need to get stronger, that we need more muscle mass so that your body will actually build and grow more muscle. And unfortunately, most like workout programs and stuff marketed to women are lighter weights, really high reps, like 12 to 15 reps. We're only doing bicep curls with like five pounds. We're doing spin classes with just little weights, but you're basically just doing cardio with weights. So you're still sending that signal to your brain. I need to be more efficient at this because we're doing it a lot. So your body's going to pare down muscle, which we know when estrogen goes down, estrogen is a muscle building hormone. So we have a double whammy. If you're doing only cardio and really high reps of your weights and you're not sleeping enough, your cortisol levels are really high. You're cutting your calories, cutting your carbs. Estrogen is low. Those all signal to your body to break down muscle. We don't want that because since we have estrogens already low, we already have a hard time building muscle mass and a much harder time maintaining it as well. So what you want to do is really focus on sending the signal to the brain of, hey, we need to preserve this muscle because it's taking up like we need the strength to do this. We're doing this quite often. We're constantly sending a signal that we're trying to get stronger. So you're progressively working on overloading that muscle. So week to week, month to month, you're trying to lift heavier weights. You're trying to get stronger. This is the whole purpose of resistance training. And then that's sending the signal to your body of, okay, we need to preserve muscle mass. So the energy that we're using has to come from somewhere else. And then you start utilizing more fat mass right? Because your body doesn't want to break down muscle. Like yes, exercise breaks down muscle, but you're sending the signal to your brain. We need to preserve muscle. So it's going to keep building and making it stronger, making it bigger, maintaining that muscle mass. It's going to prioritize that. Um, so then when you're losing weight, it's easier to just lose fat mass. It works in your favor that way. So this is very, very important to note because so many women end up doing the same program all the time. They keep doing their beach bodies, their orange theories, their F45s, but you're not focusing on getting stronger. You're focusing on just doing the movement. You're focusing on just getting through the class. You're focusing on getting your heart rate up high. You're focusing on how many reps you can do. Try and change to more resistance style training. You can still go to those classes, but slow it down. Um, like I used to work at an orange theory. Thank goodness head office was never there because I was like, whoever does the slowest reps wins. Whoever does the least amount of reps wins. I want you to challenge yourself and see how heavy you can go. So Focus with the intention of the movement as well. This is going to be very, very important. It's really easy to just do bicep curls and just throw your arms around like crazy. Or you can do three seconds on the way up, three seconds on the way down, lower all the way down, and then come back up. And I promise you the weights that you were using will now seem much more challenging. You won't be able to do as many repetitions. So that's one way to stimulate muscle growth and keep your metabolism nice and high without having to increase weights if that's something you're worried about. But I've seen all of you guys pick up grandkids. I've seen all of you guys try and take all your groceries in one load. You can lift much more heavier than you think you can. Um, and there are lots of ways to do this. If you're worried about injury, you can do like seated machines. You can do cable machines. You can sit when you're doing dumbbell things. Start slow. Slow down the movement. Focus on where you're supposed to feel it. Squeeze those muscles. If you move with intention, you will send that signal to the brain. Hey, I need to build this muscle. This is important. We're prioritizing this. And this doesn't mean you have to go to the gym every day. 
we want to make sure that you are exercising in a way that is going to stimulate muscle growth without causing the negative consequences of too much stress on the body. Because we know nowadays women are underfed, they are over-exercising, they are under-rested, their sleep is crap, they're cutting out carbs, all of these things plus the stressors of life. Exercise is just an added stress. So we need to make sure that you're exercising appropriately in a way that's actually going to build muscle to help you keep your metabolism nice and high. That's the whole purpose. If we can increase our muscle mass, let's say your BMR, your basal metabolic rate is like 900 calories, whatever it is. By putting on more muscle, you could boost it up to 1,200, 1,300, whatever that is. And also, if you decrease your stress, that's also going to increase your BMR because we know that when cortisol is really high, it's going to decrease your estrogen. It's going to decrease your progesterone. It's going to negatively affect your testosterone, your uh, androgens. It's going to affect all of your hormones. It's going to slow down your thyroid function, which makes your body worse at burning calories. You're turning into that hybrid car. You're going to see more gut health issues and inflammation. When that's happening, your body's just focused on fighting things. It's not focused on losing weight. It's not focused on building muscle mass. That needs to be addressed as well. You're going to see your liver function decreases. You're going to see your blood sugar control decreases. Muscle mass is so important. And exercising in a way that doesn't cause too much stress on your body is so, so, so important during perimenopause and menopause. Because the way you're exercising could actually cause your hormonal imbalance to be worse, which is the last thing that you want, because that's going to make it so much harder for you to feel healthy, to feel good, to have energy and get that weight off. So here are some recommendations of what we do when we're doing programming for clients, making sure you're taking longer rest periods, two to three minute breaks in between of your exercises. You're just sitting there and relaxing. Focus on getting stronger. This is the most important part. If you are aiming for, let's say, six to eight repetitions, if you can do more than like 10, that's a sign you need to increase your weight or slow down the movement or pause at the bottom and tops of your reps to make it more challenging. If you can do like two more reps more than what you're aiming for, you're not stimulating the signal enough to your brain to put on muscle mass. You also have to make sure that you are allowing for enough recovery between your workouts. So typically at least a day or two between muscle groups, this is really important. And that doesn't mean you have to be in the gym all the time. You can do four days a week, three days a week. If you're doing four days a week, it's upper body, lower body break, upper body, lower body break. You do two break days in between. If you're doing three days a week, full body workouts are great. Um, but making sure you're taking enough rest in between your workout sessions, um, in breaks in between your exercises, focusing on getting stronger and you can still do cardio, but try and prioritize your strength training first. Cause that's where you're going to see your body composition changes the most. And there is nothing better than feeling strong and having good energy and not feeling drained after workouts. This is really important. Making sure that you're not working out fasted during perimenopause and menopause, when our hormones start to dip down, we have a much harder time accessing energy stores. So you need to have some sugar in your system to allow you to be able to have the energy to push during those workouts. Because otherwise, if you don't have enough energy to push, you're leaving so much on the table and it sucks putting in effort and not seeing results. And having a snack before can be one of the best ways to help you get the most out of your workouts. And then making sure that you're eating afterwards is huge. Because if you're not eating afterwards, cortisol levels go up during exercise, which is great. It's supposed to. It helps you provide energy. It provides blood flow to your arms and legs. 
um, so you can get more out of your workouts. But if you don't do something after your workout to bring those cortisol levels down, then your stress hormones run rampant. And then we see those again, those negative consequences of having hormonal imbalances because your hormones are decreased. Poor blood sugar control, which leads to fat storage. Seeing gut health issues like leaky gut, food sensitivities, bloating, inflammation, all of those things. And again, reduced thyroid function. You don't want that. Um, so it's really important to make sure you're prioritizing when you're working out is am I getting stronger? Am I focusing on stimulating muscle growth so that my metabolism can go up? Or am I just focused on how many calories I'm burning? Because one is going to lead you to success. The other will not. It will lead to disappointment. So you really have to understand how can I work out to make sure I'm getting the most out of my workouts? Because I don't know about you, but I hate putting in effort and then not seeing results. So with that, I am very excited to launch our new training program. Um, it is, you can cop, go to the links below in the show notes for all the information there, but when you sign up for it, you get access to four different programs. They change every four to six weeks, depending on what phase we're on. And everyone is doing the same phase at the same time, which is really great. Um, so with this, you will get a three day a week at home program. You will get a three day a week at the gym program. You will also have access to a four day a week gym program and a four day a week at home program. And with these programs, they are designed specifically for women going through perimenopause and menopause to help you get stronger, to focus on building muscle mass, to get that metabolism up with adequate recovery, to help balance those hormones, to make sure you are getting the most out of your workouts possible. And then if you have questions, you can message us through the app. We can swap things out for you. We can offer you advice if you're struggling, if things don't feel good, if there's substitutions, if there's injuries you need to work around. That is exactly what we're here for. So for more information, you can head to the show notes below. I hope that you guys enjoyed this. I hope there are things that you can adjust in your exercise routines. And if you can do me a favor and rate the show below, leave a review, share this with a friend that you think needs to adjust their exercise, or you feel like they're working out really hard and not getting anything out of it, please share it. This would be the best thing that you could do for us. Um, have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.